Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! You off, tell us a joke about dicks In the mix you got the desk not telling you where it's at Stephen Gord, oh my lord, bowing down to bone bat Podcasting your asses in nerdy massive classes Speak the speak of the geek to all the internet masses Take your glasses off the set, I'm dropping bombs on your dome In your home, pull your bootstraps up, it's time to burn chrome Dirty jokes from the nerdy blokes Chewing on them curvy loads Of that quirky counterculture wrapped up in their wordy show B-movie holy men, wombat metalhead Politics, amen, independent artist friend Renaissance casters of the full fan spectrum Nonchalant notables break through the bedlam of bullshit Quick wit, crickets of the populace Vulcan with some Romulus, rolling prime like Optimus do one more to make some time for uh, some more of you here movies, but there was that thing you were saying to me earlier, Possum, something you wanted me to remember, and I just can't... Oh, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. What was that? I was right, and you suck. Okay. <laughs> How about that shit? That's what I thought you were going to say. He said it wrong. He said I suck. He said it wrong. He said I suck. I'll kick his ass. He said it wrong. He said I suck.
Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 176 of the Bone Bad Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? It's going crazy, Steve. Just crazy. I thought that the return to domestic life, not doing a film festival, not traveling around, I thought that would be all good and easy and normal. No such luck. <laughs> yeah, I kind of know what you mean. Yeah. Now, long story short, today today I typed this just goofy-ass thing for no particular reason. I said, totally true story, and then I made up the story about the teacher, third-grade teacher, um, mistreating one of my fictional third-grade classmates, and how, as a result of that, he accidentally summoned a demon, which consumed reality as we know it. Yeah, I saw the post. Yeah, so... I, I did thought, not realize it was controversial in any way, shape, or form. No, well, I, I picked a scab, apparently. I Like, uh, people started coming back to me like, oh, my God, yeah, that happened to my kid. That happened to me growing up. Uh, you know, teacher did that to, to both my kids. I'm an educator, and, you know, I've seen that, and it's horrible. I'm like, you, I, uh, you, you, you caused a demon to be summoned? I, that's what I wanted to say, but, like, people are expressing, like, actual this kind of thing happening for real, like the thing that's not the demon thing. And so now I can't be a smart ass. I have to, I have to be like, all, Oh gosh, sorry. Jeez. That sucks. Now you're going to have to save your humor for the podcast. <laughs> no, it's used up. If you have any. Yeah. Well, apparently I don't. I, that's what happens. I try to be funny, make a little joke about so many demons. No, I get deep and personal real fast. Way to keep it real. Yeah. Thanks. Well, uh, welcome back, of course, to uh, the show. We have completed the ninth Boneback Comedy of Horrors Film Festival, man. And uh, it was pretty amazing. Uh, the music you're hearing tonight is a little bit of live Pine Box Boys. Or, I, I don't even know what to call them anymore. Lester keeps stretching it out. The Hollands and Hollands Mortuary Entertainment Coterie of Stars or whatever the shit. Yeah, he's stretching that name out like nickel slot stretch out a frickin' website for a band. Exactly, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Nuts. But, oh man, did they play just amazing all night long. We had two great sets of music. The shorts were wonderful. It was so great to see a lot of these things that kind of Gordon and I have been living with quietly for six months. You know, we watch it on our little computer screen, but the difference between that and seeing these shorts on the big screen in front of a packed house, it's night and day. And to, to finally have that opportunity was really satisfying. It was awful cool. It was awful cool. <laughs> so we've got some awards to uh, discuss. Uh, additionally, I guess we should talk a little bit about our swag. We sold all of our merch. For the first all of our time. merch? All, all of, of our, our shirts for this year. All the 2019 hoodies and t-shirts are gone. So I'm sorry about that. We do have a few uh, previous year t-shirts for sale on our Square site. So you can reach that. Uh, click the thing that says buy a t-shirt on bonebat.com and you can jump over there and get a shirt. There's like six shirts left, so they're going fast. So if you want one, you should grab it now or you won't get one because they're never going to be printed again. At least not that hey, one, those ones. Yeah. No, and if you're thinking, gosh... I sure hope I get a shirt for next year. Well, support our Kickstarter next year and get a shirt. Yeah, you definitely want to do that because uh, there were a few folks that were disappointed this year because our shirt sold out so fast. And, the, the you know, we were completely sold out this year from a ticket standpoint. So there was a lot more people than we've had in the past. 
And so, you know, it was kind of hard to predict how many shirts to make. So, you know, you definitely want to get in early. Plus, you get your shirts or your hoodie or your enormous package for cheaper. It's a better way to go. Yeah, but don't don't try to, like, deflect blame here, Steve. You're totally at fault. That's why we don't have enough for these yeah, poor people. Uh, all right. I, I can own that. Uh, one <laughs> other note. Uh, don't forget Crypticon Seattle on May uh, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Uh, we will be doing our best of Bone Bat screenings there. So uh, Saturday morning, we'll have the best of Bone Bat animation from this year's fest at 11 a.m. So you can check that out. And then on Sunday from 3 to 5 p.m., we'll have the best of the Bone Bat Film Festival. So that is the top vote getters from this year's fest, including all of our award winners. So if you missed the festival, we sold out, you didn't get in. This is the time for you to check out what we had going on this year and uh, add yourself to the mailing list for next year. The other thing is we will be handing out the Pacific Northwest Viewer's Choice Award at that screening. So uh, if you're there, you'll get to enjoy that as well. Yeah. When you say the best of Bone Bat, it's funny that you're the one that's there because, I mean, that's that's pretty telling, isn't it? <laughs> what, not you? It, not me, Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, before we jump into uh, talking about the fest, uh, what pisses you off, man? Steve, two things. Real quick, people, the run red lights. Because just last weekend, I get back from crazy Seattle traffic into the more mellow land of Sacramento traffic. Not two blocks away from where my car was totaled years ago by someone reading, running a red light. I was at a green light going through, total right away. Some asshole ran his red light, nearly freaking took me out. Like a high speed, wheels squealing. I mean, he he would have freaking totaled me. And it would have been just in the same goddamn neighborhood as I was totaled last time I was totaled. Stop running red lights, people. That pisses me off. And it's dangerous, too. Holy shit, dude. I'm glad you're okay. That's I am, too. And I was on my way to buy a car for my kid, too. So it would have been, like, I don't know, ironic. But wow. item number two, okay. Steve. Yes. I know you're watching Game of Thrones. I am. I'm watching Game of Thrones. Okay. The most recent episode of Game of Thrones, there's this scene that takes place where they're, the, the blacksmiths are pounding out all this ironwork, making weapons out of dragon glass and everything. And this one guy, he picks up a hot ingot, right? It's just like this this little rectangle of hot metal. And he pounds on it like three times. Like, ka-bing, ka-bing, ka-bing with this big-ass hammer. And then he takes it and he, he quenches it. He dips it in a bucket of water and steam comes out. Why in the Jesus Christ shit did he do that? What in the... I'm watching. My wife starts laughing. She yells and points at the television. She's like, what the fuck is he doing? That was utter nonsense. There was no reason. Like, he could have been pounding on a sword or something. I don't know. I expected, like, the next thing for him to do was to pick up a horseshoe and, like, nail it to the side of a horse. It, it just... 
do these people have has anyone Dude, has anyone in this been around metal literally at all, this is the, this is one of those things that nobody gives a shit about if you didn't watch oh, bullshit like, Look, iron forgers on the discovery nobody podcast. watches that fucking show dude i'm telling you the iron forger show that you watch on the discovery network nobody watches that shit nobody knows that that's not how you work metal nobody <laughs> no, cares they want to know what fucking knows. Tyrion says or watch boobies or see a dragon kill something People All give zero fucks about the authenticity of the fucking metalwork on Game of Thrones. I'm just they saying. Weren't even, they weren't even trying. It was like if it was a kitchen scene and someone, <laughs> you walked in and someone was all, I don't know, peeling a ham and then dropped it into the, the garbage Is disposal. Is that what the scene go, was about? Were they talking the about metalworking? <laughs> no. Then who gives no. a fuck? I'm because it was you, goddamn stupid and it took me out of the scene. Dude. I can't believe you're wasting my podcast with this shit. <laughs> We're gonna have, dude. You've you've grown. You have read books. You've grown up Not around about metal. Fucking blacksmithing, evidently. You've read books about Julius Caesar and guys that use swords. <laughs> so you would have been more impressed if they would have. He would have taken an ingot, banged on it twice, stuck it in the water, and then pulled out a sword. <laughs> that would have been impressive. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. They were all on the same page. It's good. Okay. Yeah, so that's what pissed me off. What about you, Steve? Besides <laughs> you know what, me, what's pissing you, know you off? What pisses me off is what, fucking. I, it's been nine years that we've been doing this film festival. I am not recovering as quickly as I used to. <laughs> I was fucking like drained for the entire last week. Just like, oh my god, when am I going to get my wind back? Well, I did take about eight ounces oh. of blood out of you when you weren't looking. I, I wouldn't be at all surprised. I was just like physically bushed the next day uh, we we met for breakfast which was awesome and then i went yeah. home and just laid on the couch while like 12 hours of a stephen king film festival unspooled in front of me i couldn't do a goddamn thing except for like post on facebook it was terrible you're not getting any younger steve i'm not getting any younger it's getting harder and it next is. year's the the 10th anniversary we've got X. We, we've got to come back hard man I, at this age, I don't know that I come back hard, per se. <laughs> at least, not without assistance. No, you know I what mean, I mean, and I yeah. think you do. They make popsicle sticks for that. A little bit of duct tape, everything's fine. <laughs> All right. Why don't we listen to it, too? Now, what was your favorite song in this year's Film Fest? I'll, t- I'll tell you. You mean the Pine Box Boys song? Well, yeah. Okay, just making sure we're Is on the same Is that what they're page? called, though? I'm not no. sure. Maybe it was the Hollands and Hollands Mortuary Graveside experience yeah. <laughs> yeah. eventually they just they're trying to get every word in the english language into the name of the band but <laughs> until that day it, be that as it may i'm going to continue to call them finding box boys i really love the way they played uh grave digger super super fast instead of like really slow and bull and and sorrowful it was like fast and threatening that was pretty badass Let's check it out. The Grave Digger. Ladies and gentlemen, before, previously, we've had the Pine Box Boys play the Comedy Forest Film Festival. We've had Lester T. Raw's Graveside Quartet, and they continue to expand. So we are thrilled to present Hollands and Hollands Mortuary Entertainment featuring the Pine Box Boys. <laughs> Lester T. Raw's Graveside Quartet. Jimmy Jimmy and the Swindling Dwindlers. 
Take it away, boys. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Good to be here. You guys enjoying the show so far? Well, we're sorry we didn't come and ruin it for you. That she's standing upon. I filled it up when they said amen. And I propped up that stone that she's weeping upon. And the next day I did it again. I took 99 holes in that Arkansas clay. This is Brendan Pollicker, the writer-director of Keloid, and you're listening to The Bone Bat Show. All right, returning to the show, uh, I am thrilled to have with us Brendan Pollicutt, the director of the film Keloid. How you doing, man? I am doing great, and I, and I do thank you for pronouncing that correctly. I've been at a few <laughs> film festivals where they've gone, and the winner is Keloid. I'm like, <laughs> Really? Really? 
yes, you my, know? Uh, my co-host was uh, familiar with the type of scarring, so he immediately mentioned to it to me by name when we were in the pre-screening process. So I, I think I uh, I kind of cheated a little bit because I was give, the answer was given to me. Oh no no, it's all good. It's all good. It, it's an obscure sort of. Uh, name and uh but uh, you know given the movie as you as you know it kind of works for the premise it does indeed well the, the reason that we i wanted to have you on the show is that during this year's 2019 comedy of horrors film fest our audience voted keloid the viewer's choice award winner for best live action short so congratulations uh, oh wow oh my god really that's Wow, that's amazing. Thank you. And thank them. Wow. Yeah, I have to say, this movie killed. It was one of the movies, at the the end of the night, you know, people are walking out, and a friend of mine comes up to me, he's like, that kidney movie, man, I thought that movie was going to murder me. And we have another (laughs) friend who is actually a nurse, a surgical nurse, and we were expecting, oh, is Don going to pick this movie apart? Instead, he totally laughed beer out of his nose. And he even mentioned to me, he goes, you know what's crazy is that recently my sister gave a kidney to my dad. So this totally just ties in with the whole thing that's going on in my life right now. (laughs) Right, right. Well, I'm glad the the nurse, um, it it passed to his master because when we were building that torso and we were building the kidney and we were doing the whole thing uh i did notice that there were a few veins missing from the actual kidney (laughs) like there's just one vein but an actual kidney has these you know this i think they have three three distinct uh veins and arteries that go into the kidney it's quite a complicated instrument as you would understand but in the you know in the scope of what we were doing this thing just pops out and (laughs) So you know yeah. this? Were you a medical student at one time, or have you done oh, some reanimator-like oh Abs- uh, experimentation? No, absolutely not. I had to go and <laughs> research it because I was like, "Is this really gonna? Are we really gonna <laughs> fool people with this? That this?" But in every screening I've been at, when that kidney pops out, <laughs> uh, there's a collective "Oh God!" sort of thing that goes across the theater. And uh, people generally look away, and there's there's general wooziness. So I think we achieved our, our aim. So, sort of a brief synopsis of the film for our listening audience. Uh, sure, you you can tell it better, probably better than I can. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So Libby is uh, a young lady who uh, has donated her kidney to her her partner. We don't know if he's a fiance or boyfriend at this point. And as they're exiting the operating room. Um, and the operation is successful, he breaks off the relationship. And that's that. He leaves her, and she is without her kidney. And she eventually finds a way to sort of get back on her feet after much resentment. And with the help of a young nurse, she hatches a plan to get her kidney back. <laughs> and it, one of the interesting things about the film is the dumping at the start of the film, which is just brutal. And then you right. cut away to the title card, and the audience yeah. was clapping. Like, oh, they really? thought that was it. Like, oh, this is just <laughs> a really horrible short. <laughs> and then you're just getting into it. <laughs> right. And actually, I, I, I do think that uh, that, that's, that could be a standalone uh, sketch, if, if you will, or yes. even a standalone little movie. Someone does this, and it's this sort of brutal thing, you know, that that happens and, and, and you're blindsided in that way, you know. Yeah. But I think it's uh, much more satisfying to uh, 
have it play out the way it does in the film. Well, thank you. Yes, I I, I feel like uh, there were things we could do with it, and I went there. <laughs> My co-host had mentioned that there was a recent case where a man sued to get his kidney back after donating it. Was that where you got the idea for the movie? Oh, no. I had this this idea ages ago, just independence of anything, and I was I put it into a file, and um, I think I called, I tensively called it Dialysis This, which <laughs> is about as corny as it gets, but... Um, and then I was with, with my wife, who is the lead in that, that movie. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. So we were, we were thinking about, I'm a writer, but I haven't, you know, the reason I got into writing was to, to make movies. And I hadn't actually made something in a very long time. And it was frustrating me. It's one thing for something to exist on paper, but I needed to, to sort of come alive, you know. And so I was telling her things that I had you know, in various folders and various ideas I had. And, and I mentioned that to her and she was like, stop that. <laughs> That's and I was one. like, really? And she's like, that, that needs to be a comedy. And I was like, a comedy? Are you kidding me? And, um, that's where it came from. And it came from, it came from that. But I've since heard of a few cases where this, this has actually happened. <laughs> uh, I was listening to NPR as I do when I go jogging and I heard, about this, there's, there's a museum in Hollywood called the Museum of Broken Relationships. And there is a story, this woman uh, tells the story of about how she, she gave a kidney to her boyfriend and then they broke up. And this was a few years, a couple of years after we'd actually made this movie mm -hmm. or shot it, shot it anyway. Um, so I was like, oh, my, this is actually happening, you know. It must happen <laughs> if you think about it. It's not, you know, it's just one of those, one of those things that, that must happen. Sure. But no, I, I had thought of it independence of any other information about it. But yes, it's it's definitely happening <laughs> to to some poor souls. I don't know what you know. But then again, someone's alive with a kidney. You know, yeah. in in my case, you know, this fictional case, of course, the the person that is alive with a kidney is a sociopath narcissist. So he, <laughs> you know, he, he doesn't deserve to be alive. Exactly. But, for instance, this woman who was speaking about giving her kidney away, she had made peace with it and said, well, you know, it ended okay and he's alive and living, you know. Mm -hmm. But that, that, that wouldn't really work for a movie. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't no. be nearly as, as satisfying for our audience anyway. Certainly not. The uh, horror comedy that uh, you did end up creating. Well, thank you again, man, for sharing your wonderful film with us. Uh, like I said, the audience just loved it, and you've you've absolutely earned the uh, Viewer's Choice Award for Best I'm, Live Action Short. I'm just amazed and so <laughs> floored by that. And thank thank you. And if you if you have a chance to thank your viewers for me, that would that would be amazing. Well, you're thanking them now. That's true. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, one last question we always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bat Show: What pisses you off? There are many things that piss me off, um, but I think I'll keep this, I'll, I'll make it selective and I'll keep it to comedy, movies and comedy, general comedy on screen. The thing that pisses me off is when a musician has to tell you something is funny. That's what pisses me off. Yeah, when they put in the, it. Yeah. All right, let me explain it. So there's a funny little moment in, in a movie or, or a commercial or whatever it may be. And listen out for what they call pizzicato strings, which is when violins are plucked like this, pluck, 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 because something funny is happening or something funny is about to happen. 
because that filmmaker, in my estimation, is not as confident in the actual funniness of their story. So that's the thing that pisses me off. <laughs> so it's like the musical version of adding a laugh track? Exactly. I think I'd prefer a laugh track, actually. <laughs> I, sh- I, I sound I sound really grumpy when I say that, but I, th- I, th- I think it's uh, I'm the son of a musician, and he always uh, told me that. He would always say to me, "This is this is when you know, you know, something's <laughs> supposed to be funny." And and honestly, sometimes it really does help. It helps tell the audience that you're meant to be laughing, and it's okay to laugh. Mm-hmm. But um, it it kind of pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, what are, what are you working on next? So I wrote the feature film for Keloid. Oh, really? Um, okay. Which is which is in existence. Again, it's it's expanding that world and that universe into something that's ninety minutes as opposed to just twenty, and it's a little tough. But I added in a few acts, and um, so the first act is basically the short, and he, he they don't get away with it. Basically, mm-hmm. is is what happens, and that's what what the, the rest of the movie is. I'm also working on another horror comedy feature film. Oh, with nice. my wife, yeah, um, we're quite far into the brainstorming. Um, I've got to, I've got to just map it out, and and then I've just finished another feature film comedy that's that's not quite horror, um, but but I'm in early early days with that early days. I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of what I, I'm doing. I, you know, I like to keep creative, okay. um, almost as every day if I can. You know, well, keep us in mind, man. I, I can't wait to see what you do next. Steve, absolutely. And thank you. Thank you so much for all the interest and, and giving me a platform. And, um, and thank you. And thank you, your listeners and viewers. Joining us now on the show, we are thrilled to have Ryan Bright, director of The Vision, or the goddamn existential crisis that keeps me up at night. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Well, it was an absolute pleasure to uh, see your film on the big screen. and It was great seeing that completely blown up in front of an audience. I loved it. As a matter of fact, it was so great that it was voted by our audience as the Viewer's Choice Award winner for Best Northwest Short. That's amazing. Bravo, sir. Bravo. Thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. <laughs> it's so a high you, honor. So our listeners may not remember that you actually had a film in our festival a couple of years ago called Awkward. And uh, mm-hmm, it was yeah. great to see that you had a new submission. Uh, Gordon had reached out to me and mentioned it, and I was thrilled to have a chance to see it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was fun to finally get back. It had been a couple of years, and uh, we were missing the bone bat. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, 
Ooh. We didn't realize it, but we were missing you too. Absolutely. <laughs> so, what was the impetus for this film, Ryan? Um, actually, no joke. It was your festival two years ago. Um, we screened Awkward and had a great time. And uh, one of the things that kind of blew me away was how many sort of completely weird films we saw there um, and <laughs> how you. memorable they were. Yeah, no, and I do mean that as a compliment. But it was just that they were so memorable um, and, and they were memorable for the weirdest reasons. Like, uh, I remember that one, the procedure in particular, that I don't know what the point of it was. I don't know if there is a point to it, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, Clearly but, there was yeah. enough of a point to make a sequel, Calvin <laughs> yes, <yeah>. Reader. <laughs> I mean, I just remember, I remember seeing uh, Rectum at one point, you know, and it was sort of like, oh, okay. Um, but it was the one movie that after I left, I, I remembered. Uh, and so I kind of came home and was weirdly uh, inspired, if I could say that, about such a weird film. Um, and uh, felt like, well, what can we do where we could come up with something that would be equally as memorable, that, that people would leave the theater not be able to forget even if they wanted to um but at the same time hopefully try to come up with something that that actually like, like a point to it right so yeah, sure so we wanted to kind of do both of those things something that that people couldn't forget even if they wanted to but also hopefully there is a little bit of substance to it yeah so the the film is about a, a gentleman who whenever he closes his eyes he sees a naked man and it, it makes him question a lot of things. And one of the interesting things about that is how universal it is with regards to sleep and how sleep affects people. Because everybody's had like, okay, I, I got to get some sleep. I don't want to think about work. You know, it isn't always a naked dude. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. But, I don't want to think that, about dong. Oh. And that's really one of the reasons why like the Nightmare on Elm Street films were so effective because everybody sleeps, everybody dreams. So it's kind of universal. And so your, your short also sort of taps into that as well. Like just the having anxieties that you can't sort of put out of your brain when you're trying to rest. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something I could relate to a lot. I feel like, especially when I was a little bit younger, that's uh, most of my nights were kind of spent thinking of whether it was big existential questions or something really stupid like what I had to do the next day but it's uh yeah definitely something that I could relate to for sure <laughs> yeah those are the things that prey on you as a kid too you're you're thinking these great big like heaven and hell and afterlife and what really happens when we die kind of questions yeah absolutely and actually I don't know if I'm I'm I, I think most people go through that but I always wondered if I was weirder than most because I remember I had a roommate who um I I was dealing with some of those questions and I sort of started talking to him about it. He's like, wait, you think of this all the time? Like, how do you live? How do you live your life? I just don't think of it. And I thought, oh, man, there's, there's a whole group of people out there who can just turn off their brain in some way that I can't. So I'm well, pretty envious so of that. Turning off, I mean, at, that, at a younger age especially, I was consumed maybe 30% of the time with fear of quicksand. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I missed that one. I didn't get that. Okay, And that panned out really weird because when we were kids, every movie and TV series had a scene with quicksand in it. It was like you would, couldn't swing a big <laughs> cat without falling into a pool of quicksand. And nowadays, you never see the stuff. Archer yeah. it had a quicksand recently. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. And did it still get to you? Yeah, you know what? I, I was pleased to see that I, I was over I was over my fear of quicksand. <laughs> That's good, yeah. Yeah. You've grown up. That's yeah. Good. And I think I've got the afterlife thing uh, fairly dialed back as well. So Yeah, that's good. Now, if I can just get that dong out of my... Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I hope, uh, yeah, I, I, the goal was to have you not forget about uh, at least uh, the one in our movie. So yeah. hopefully, yeah, no. hopefully you're not forgetting it. I think there's uh, <laughs> upwards of 300 people who are never going to forget that now. And probably more goal, to come yeah. if you have anything <laughs> to say about it in future festivals. Yeah, definitely. I would love to. Uh, I, I was joking with my producer that we should do a um, a Naked Man trilogy. So we'll we'll see if we can make that happen one day. <laughs> I'm just thinking oh. you should cut him into scenes from Braveheart. I, I think that's the next thing. <laughs> uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I think you should team up with the guys from the Procedure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah have well, a crossover. The if little door opens. Touch. It's a shared universe. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That'd be great, yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't even really need to reshoot anything. We just cut them together. It'd be great. <laughs> um, we got to reach out to, to Calvary Reader about this. this. This could be amazing. Reach out. <laughs> well, it's truly, it's it's wonderful, and it's it's kind of humbling, frankly, that you were so inspired by our festival that you made a goddamn awesome movie as a result. <laughs> so I'm really yeah, glad no. that you got this award. Thank you. Yeah, no, we are too. It was uh, it was exciting, and we we knew from day one when we made the movie that at the very least we'd uh, hopefully have an audience at Bone Bat. We felt like it was right up right up your guys' weird alley. So. <laughs> yeah, it's funny uh, because really, if you if you pay attention, it's kind of easy to get in our festival. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> a lots of people don't do it granted but yeah if you if you watch there are certain things that that tickle us every single time and uh, yeah. you definitely f- stumbled across one of them that's for sure a, a formula for success so there to speak. You go. <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right man well what's next for you what are you working on uh yeah working on a few things um a lot of writing right now so trying to work on a couple of tv comedy scripts and then um yeah i uh just with a friend of mine we made a short film that's a proof of concept for a feature that's sort of yeah it's a kind of metaphor for addiction so it's kind of about a guy fighting this um weird sort of creepy stranger who washes up on shore with hair covering his entire face and (laughs) Um, so it's sort of a bit of a monster movie, a little, but, um, yeah, the, the deeper theme is sort of battling your own demons, your own addictions. So yeah, we're uh, trying to get, get the funding for the feature now that we've made the short and we'll see how that goes. Fantastic. I wish you all the success. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, man. Well, one last question. We always ask all of our guests here on the bone bat show, Ryan, what pisses you off? (laughs) Um, you know, I feel like I, I don't have the best answer for this, but just maybe because it pissed me off today, I'll give you this answer. Um, I hate it when you're on an elevator and you say either hello or goodbye to the other person on the elevator that you don't know, and then they say nothing back. Drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty lame. I, I it's would a be dick move, right? Go, yeah, I go... Am I a ghost? Oh, God. <laughs> that, that bugs me, too. At times, it seems like we lost civility. The other day, I was going into, like, the mini mart to grab something, and an older gentleman was walking towards the door, and I held the door open for him. And he didn't even look at me, like, make eye contact. He just walked through the door. Just expected it, almost, I was eh? just yeah. like, eh, all right, yeah. whatever, buddy. But still, yeah. so, you know, it just it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. The, the guy, you came in, like, make eye contact? That's weird. Well, you weren't wearing pants. Well, yeah. I guess that is weird. <laughs> You're so, kind yeah. of hoping he'd make eye contact. <laughs> Up here, buddy. 
<laughs> All right, um, man, well, thank you again, and congratulations on winning this award. Thank you so much, you guys. I uh, yeah, it, it's actually it's a real honor to to win this award. I remember when we went down with Awkward. I thought, you know what, it'd be great to come down and <laughs> and win a prize at such a crazy festival. Well, congrats again, man. You know what, uh, this is such a great crowd. You guys deserve to know, uh, you know a, little, a little bit about what makes old Lester tick. And so uh, we'll call this confessional time. I can't recall the night before Walking through the nightclub door But I recall just what I wore I wore my haunted suit <laughs> Nearly strangled by the tie And as the ladies walk on by They giggle at the open fly Curse you haunted suit I always try to look my best Other shoes, a matching vest I can't predict what happens next When I wear my haunted suit The pockets always lose my keys And with the shoes I disagree they take me anywhere they please. Not there. No, we cannot go there anymore, Les. We talked about this. Things were signed, agreements were made. Not there, my haunted suit. Well, but the flower died in the lapel, and the pocket watches stopped as well. What is my haunted suit? My lawyer strongly stated that the DA has his case down pat. Somewhere in there, I lost the hat that matched my haunted suit. I don't know what you believe who covered him with fallen leaves. I swear it must have been the sleeves of this evil haunted soon. I guess it's time to call it quits of nights of putting on the ritz. I'm prone to homicidal fits. It's not me. It's him. I think that, uh, it's my haunted suit. Can I just say that, oh, thank you. Can I just say that we've been trying that young Frankenstein joke literally in Europe and all over the United States, and it obviously got the biggest laugh here. So thank you very much. Justified him doing that joke again. We played, the, we played the long game with that joke and we finally made it. If it ain't funny the first time, it's gonna be funny by time 107. Hey, this is Ryan Bright, the director of The Vision or the goddamn existential crisis that keeps me up at night. And you are listening to The Bone Bat Show. All right, uh, once again, that was our interviews with Brandon Pollicut, director of Keloid and 
Ryan Bright, director of The Vision or the goddamn existential crisis that keeps me up at night. Uh, so those are our first two award winners. Keloid, of course, won the Viewer's Choice Award for Best Live Action Short. And Ryan's uh, The Vision won uh, Viewer's Choice Award for Best Pacific Northwest Short. So, dude, what were some of your highlights of the fest? Oh, Steve, I don't know if I've said this before or, or if I've just thought it. But really, the highlights for me were watching the audience watch the films. And especially certain films and knowing what's going to what's going to be coming and watching watching people's faces you know getting ready for it <laughs> some like you know on the procedure too as soon as the words the and the procedure came on the screen there that were some was people so in the crowd funny. that yeah. were like yeah this i got to say i think this festival really we really reward people who attend year after year because they immediately knew, you know, oh, my God, another procedure movie. Who would do that? Calvin Lee Reader. That's who would do that. <laughs> Duh. Oh, is that the waka waka sound of Gwilliam returning to the big screen? I mean, <laughs> you know, you know that you're going to come and you're going to see the crazy shit at Bone Bat. And it's so much fun to serve it up to the audience. And then, but what about the stuff that people hadn't seen before? Like Hot Dog Hands from Matt Reynolds broke brains. Oh yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch people go. What in the like when it when it makes that that transition that that inflection point in the movie? I saw. I looked to the left and I I saw the person sitting over there and their mouth literally hung open. Like what the? And um, demon, watching people that know film watch demon. You could like people were so into it. Like. And you could tell they're like, this is a man. Where, how have I not? It was just cool. Yeah. It was really cool for me to watch people watch this. And people laughing their asses off at the Vision or at Keloid. It was wonderful. So what about you? What about you, Steve? Like I mentioned before, you know, we're, we kind of see these films on our little computer and we talk to each other about them. But we don't experience them the same way until they make it to that screen. And the, the communal aspect of sharing that with the audience is so badass. And, it, like, Demon's a great example because, you know, it's a 29-minute short that feels like it's 10 minutes long. It's so yeah. intense and so very good. But then you're mixing that up with some crazy animation. This year, i got to give you mad props because you you know, really go after the animation and look for unique things. This year we had six animated films, all of them completely different, all of them completely great in different ways. I just, I loved what you did chasing those down. Wonderful. Thanks, job. Steve. So yeah, good. hot dog hands. Wow. And, uh, you know, this would be a good time to mention, actually, our Viewer's Choice Award winner for Best Animated Short. From France, the film Wild Love, directed by Paul Autrec, Quentin Camus, Leah Georget, Marika Laude, Zoe Zotiaud, Corentin Ivergenu, and produced by Julien de Paris. Those are the creators of Wild Love, an amazing short film, which uh, got a ton of votes for Best Animated Short. CGI wonderfulness that... Uh was cute and funny and gory. And super gory. Like, it just, it fit exactly what we do so well. 
uh, as did the bloody ballad of Squirt Reynolds, who uh, you will hear our interview with uh, Anthony Cousins, the director of that film, uh, shortly. But uh, it was very cool to have a film. Uh, this is the film that we voted for our Bone Bat Jumbo Bonus Jury Award for this year. And uh, what I loved about it was it had a lot of great comedy. It was totally gory when it needed to be. It was a throwback to 80s uh you know, summer camp movies, and then it had music along with it, like a musical narrator. So fucking great. It was wonderful. It was truly wonderful. I'm proud to give that the BJ BJ. Yeah, that's right. So nice they named it twice. So nice we named it twice. Yeah, we are they. That's the, We are the proverbial them. Other high points, of course, the music. Man, the, the Hollands and Hollands is so very good at what they do. And I think that they Except got Except for even, naming a band. I think they got even better. Like, Lester was flat shredding this year. Yeah, he's been practicing. I remember they've always been wonderful performers, but wow, just amazing guitar work. The whole band was on point, super sharp, and they played like, you know, they can hit the hardcore bluegrass stuff like they did in our first set, which was just like a shot of adrenaline. And then they can come back with the more relaxed, New Orleans bluesy type of stuff for their second set. It was just wonderfully done. Indeed. And then uh, another high point this year, of course, Zoran Gavoyich, who Oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> Zoran <laughs> has been doing... Gordon first stumbled across his work in low-carb comedy. Back in 2014, uh, we screened The Fourth Rule of Gremlins. That was the first short that we screened at the Bone Bat Film Festival from him. Uh, this year, we actually had three films. For the first time ever, we had a custom intro to our film festival. And Zoran did that for us as Jigsaw. So Jigsaw was talking to their audience. It was so much fun. And then we had two music videos from him. Uh, Social Mediasicist, which is a sort of an 80s John Hughes high school movie romance, if all of the slasher monsters from your favorite horror movies went to that high school. Freaking great. And then there was the world premiere of the sequel to that starting our fourth block. So we had three feet, three shorts from him. Uh, Social Media Ask Us 2 was the 11th low-carb comedy film that we've shown in our festival. And 11th. So we awarded Zorin with a Lifetime Achievement Award for all the work that he's done. Because we've had something every year for the last you know, six years, which has been just amazing. So thank you again for all the great stuff that you do. And I sort of felt like this was the first time we've had a chance to give an award to somebody who has done so much work for us. Like, like a Chris McEnroy is a guy who we've screened a bunch or, uh, Brian Lonano, Izzy Lee, like these filmmakers that are every year turning out really good stuff, but they never make it out to our fest. And Zoran was here, and we had an opportunity to give a little something back, and that was so satisfying to, to have that chance. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. It, it was nice. And I, he totally was not expecting it. Yeah, so that, that was doubly fun. He puts all this work into his stuff, and... Uh, it's it's got to be nice to be appreciated, like yeah, in person and, and so on. And you can find Social Media Asicist, uh one on YouTube. Go look for it now. It's freaking fantastic. And what and what's wonderful about it as a horror fan, like I think he mentioned that in the first film, there's 138 references or props or shout outs to other films in it. It is so dense with just horror movie love 
that for somebody like me, it's just like candy. So if that so kind of thing sounds awesome to you, you should definitely go check it out. It's so very good. And you're a completionist too. So I know it gets under your skin when you, you haven't finished something. Have you finished finding every single reference? In the movie, what there's like 133 of them that are shout outs to other movies. I, I have not. As a matter of fact, I can't even. So in social mediasicus two, there is a critter in the in the short from the movie critters four times, and I can only find two of them. So Gotta that's get a challenge work, for you. Uh, we provided the world premiere, but the online premiere is going to happen within probably the next month or so. So keep an eye on lowcarbcomedy.com. You can follow them on YouTube and uh, watch for that. And you can maybe uh, help me find the last two critters, critter shots because uh, it's eluding me. So that's uh, pretty much it for the 2019 Fest. Again, uh, we'll have a screening at Crypticon Seattle and kind of put a bow on the season. And uh, this summer we'll start thinking about our 10th anniversary Fest. So uh, we will work on that after a little bit of a rest because I think we've earned it. I think we've earned it. You know, people are loving the coffee mugs, by the way. They are. That's There's good because we're never doing that again. <laughs> they were awesome and heavy and you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think we're going to that well. Maybe pint glasses next year? Coffee pots. Coffee pots. <laughs> Actual instant pots. Yeah. Yeah, crock pots. That's what we're going to do. Boneback crock pots. Sandblasted. Our logo sandblasted in the side. Yeah, and yeah. you can actually, that way you can make a brisket while you're watching horror movies. <laughs> uh, all right, dude, why don't we listen to another tune? All right, Steve, what are we going to listen to? You know what? Why don't we listen to one of my favorites of all time from this particular band, Tardy Hearse. Thank you. My cousin Sticker's starting a hearse for hire business. Said he could get your stiff to the cemetery in 30 minutes or less, or it was half off. Which is... <sighs> You're getting a lot of mileage out of that joke, Jimmy. Yeah, this is the first time these people see me. <laughs> so anyway, uh, this is a song about that tardy hearse. These are the turn signals, by the way, on a 52 Cadillac hearse. I'm sure you all recognize that. And, uh, one, two, three, four. There's a tardy hearse with a body in the back and the waters are standing in the pouring rain. I'll make you a bit fun. I'll get you on it. Boy, it won't be dead light on me. Whoa!
Hey, this is Anthony Cousins, director of The Bloody Ballad of Squirt Reynolds, and you're listening to The Bone Bat Show. All right, we are back, and joining us now, I am thrilled to have the director of one of our official selections this year, The Bloody Ballad of Squirt Reynolds, none other than Anthony Cousins. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, thanks again for sharing your film with us. The audience loved it. That's awesome to hear. Thank you. Uh, my pleasure. And in addition to that, uh, each year my co-host and I award a jury award, the Bone Bat Jumbo Bonus Jury Award, which <laughs> we award to a film that best exemplifies horror comedy for that year. And this year, the winner is Squirt Reynolds, man. Oh, my God. That's awesome. So you're going to get an award. We are still have to have your name emblazoned on it. We'll be sending that out. And you also get 100 bucks, which I know it's not a big thing, but maybe it'll help you buy some blood or something for your next film. Oh, yeah. No, that's huge. Thank you so much. The pleasure's ours, man. So tell me, <laughs> where did you get the idea for this wonderful film? Oh, man. It's a long, convoluted tale, but I know that it started with... Um, Funny enough, one of my least, or not least favorite, but the, the definitely not my most favorite thing about this short, but it all started with the duck call kill. Um, <laughs> I've had that in my mind forever. Um, and I always kind of, I'm a huge fan of Wet Hot American Summer. Yes. And I've always kind of wanted to do like the slasher, camp slasher version of that. Um, uh -huh. So this was me kind of testing the waters of like, what would that look like? So that was kind of the start of it. Um, and then Squirt Reynolds, man, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> yeah, I know we wanted we wanted them to be wearing the killer to be wearing a some sort of celebrity's face as a mask, and it was right. like, well, I mean, we literally just asked the question that's in the short, like, well, who's the coolest guy ever as of like 1980? And I was like, well, it's Burt Reynolds. Like, who else's face would you wear? So that's what we went with. So on that note, Gordon wanted me to ask you. Uh other than Squirt Reynolds, what is your favorite Burt Reynolds film? Oh, man. I mean, I love Deliverance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's an easy one. So I'll say my second favorite is probably Longest Yard. Yeah, that's uh, a great one. I love one. that movie, too. There's so that's many. Great. He's he's amazing. But, yeah, Deliverance is classic. You know, that's probably the first one I saw. The first Smokey and the Bandit holds up really well. I was surprised. Yeah. I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. And uh, I watched it a couple of years ago with my kids, and it was still a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, it's great. I mean, yeah, I had to revisit all that stuff to just, you know, brush up on my Reynolds knowledge <laughs> since I knew there'd be Reynolds questions. And, yeah, that holds up. A lot of them hold up. Well, one of the things that, that we really dig about this film, in addition to the fact that it's got a great comedic cast uh it also has some great kills and some gore which kind of appeals to the horror side of things but also the music here on the mm -hmm. bone bat show we feature independent music every episode uh our festival has live independent music and so the way you worked music into with sort of a, a musical narrator and he switches instruments in midstream which is really hilarious i just loved what you brought to the table with that it was so good Oh, thanks. Yeah, I got to give credit to uh, Nate Timoshuk, the actor, for that. Because um, I knew I, he's a great musician. He does really weird Instagram stories where he just makes up 
bizarre characters and weird songs. So I just told him, I was like, this is going to open with you singing as like the bloody ballad of Square Reynolds. <laughs> and so just make something up. And I had no idea what he was going to do. He showed up on like the day, the first day of shooting and played us something. Um, and he was like, I also brought a keyboard. And I was like wondering if I could try to use that too. And I was like, okay, like I'll never say no to anything unless it's an awful idea. Like I right. try to like mull it over first and be like, well, let's see, you know, could that work? And I was like, pretty sure I was like, I don't know how we're going to fit a keyboard into this. But then I was like, holy shit, wait, no, if you pull out a keyboard, you can start playing the synthy score that the girls will be running from squirt to hell yeah let's do that exactly so then um, you add this whole carpenter vibe to the whole thing which is just awesome yeah yeah so that all came pretty uh just naturally on on set that first day we kind of came up with that that's great well it's such a fun film and we're thrilled to have the opportunity to show it again at crypticon seattle in a couple of weeks so uh thank yeah. you again for your permission to give this wonderful film a victory lap oh yeah that's awesome so, man, uh, what's next for you? Do you have any other horror comedy ideas coming down the line? Yeah, well, we're writing, well, we're on draft five of the Squirt Reynolds feature, <laughs> which nice. I don't I don't know if, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. We've got some really weird deaths, and I, <laughs> I, I think it's a good idea. I guess we'll find out, <laughs> but we're going to try and do that. But then, yeah, that's that's a little further down the line is making that a reality, but um, we shoot our next short film in July, and that's called Every Time We Meet at the Dairy Queen, Your Whole Fucking Face Explodes. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's going to be an adaptation of a Carlton Mellick book. Um, and if you don't know who he is, he's this incredible, bizarro author out of Portland. Okay. Um, and just comes up with these fucking amazing, bizarre stories. So, yeah, that'll, that'll hopefully be around five minutes about, yeah, this, uh, like, middle school girl who has this awful condition where her face explodes when she gets a little too excited or nervous. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I can't wait to see this. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, and also kind of talking a little bit about uh, your feature, you know, you're in good company because it turns out that uh, we had a director our second year. We had this festival who did a short called Curtain. That director's name is Dennis Widmeyer, and uh, he was one of the co-directors of Pet Cemetery, which just came out. Oh, that's awesome. And another director, Michael Chavez, had a short called The Maiden two years ago that we screened at Bombat Film Festival, and his uh, Curse of La Llorona just came out last weekend. <laughs> so you're in good company, yeah. man, for, for a oh, director man. moving from shorts to a feature. And uh, hopefully, you know, that'll uh, make its way to the screen here at the Bombat Film Festival. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Yes, you guys are lucky. <laughs> I hope it works out as good as it has for those guys. But, yeah, it works out half as good. I'll be happy. <laughs> nice. All right, man. Well, uh, one last question. We always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bell Show. <laughs> what pisses you off, Anthony? Oh, man. So many things. Um, <laughs> I guess what's fresh that pisses me off is just angry fanboys that don't want people to enjoy things that they enjoy because uh that new star wars trailer just dropped and and end games coming out and i'm a massive blockbuster fan i'm at the theater practically every thursday night for something <laughs> i'm so excited for both of those movies and there's so much hate floating around and i just don't get it 
Yes, you know? like it, especially, you know, as old as I am, where you were, really, there might be another Star Wars movie 10 years from now? I'm in. Yeah. It's, a, <laughs> it's yeah. like we're spoiled now. I can totally understand if you're, you know, burnt out, but man, just find something that you do like to put your your effort and energy into instead of putting all your effort and energy into hating something that everyone else is enjoying. That yeah. really bums me out. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I would much rather talk about the things I love, like the bloody bout of Squirt Reynolds, than just you know, yeah. rip on things that I hate. It's a lot more fun to spread love, I think. Oh, yes. That's words to live by. <laughs> All right, man. Well, where can our listeners find your work? Um, most of my stuff that's public right now is on Shock Treatment Productions. Um, if you if you search that on Vimeo, my stuff will show up. Pretty, yeah, pretty Reynolds? much everything but Squirt. Okay, and that's there. still making the festival circuit, right? So you want to still making the festival circuit? Yeah, we do know where we're going to premiere. I don't know if I can say, but okay, um, but I, I think it will be uh, you know around Halloween this year that it will be up online for everyone to see. So okay, well watch the watch the Bone Bat page. We'll be sure and repost any links that you post for our listeners so they can check it out. Awesome. All right, man. Well, thank you so much, and congratulations on your award. Yeah, thank you guys so much. That's so awesome. Mortuary Entertainment with the Tardy Hearse. Uh, following that, we had our interview with Anthony Cousins of the Bloody Ballad of Squirt Reynolds. Thank you again to Anthony for joining us on the show. A uh, couple of shout-outs, Gord, I, I wanted to mention. Uh, we had a couple of reviews of the fest. Uh, you can find uh, Brent McKnight did a great write-up for us on the uh, last thing I see, which uh, called out a bunch of uh, his favorite shorts. And uh, also had a very nice write-up on our feature, Eat Local, which was very well-received. It was. I'm glad people liked it. I'm glad people wrote about it. That's a fun movie. And also, uh, the People's Critic from the Seattle PI also had a uh, nice write-up as well. And then finally, uh, I was invited on the Geek Gab podcast last Saturday to talk a little bit about the festival and uh, had a good time doing that. So uh, thanks to John and DW for inviting me on the show. So, dude, you want to talk about a little uh, multimedia triage? I mean, had, have you actually had time to enjoy anything after our film festival? I have, in fact. Once I recovered from the, the shit-ass blacksmithing in Game of Thrones. <laughs> you know, I, you, you got to admit, bla- blacksmithing aside, 
Game of Thrones is killing it this year. It is so good. Oh, yeah. But it's been so good for a few years now. It's not, you know, if if it was anything less than fantastic, people would be disappointed. So thank God, <laughs> at least so far, it's continuing to kick ass. So it hasn't shit the bed like The Walking Dead is what you're saying. Uh-oh! Oh, yep, that's what I'm saying. Shots fired. Hold me back. Hardly, <laughs> hardly news. I think everyone knows that show fucked up and sucked up. <laughs> now, I've been, I've been playing a little uh, a little game. I went and bought myself a computer game, Heat Signature. It's not a new game, so it's cheap on Steam, and uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> My three favorite words. Cheap on Steam. Cheap on Steam. <laughs> you had me at cheap. <laughs> so you, you're in this little tiny spaceship with no guns, no shields. All it can do is dock with bigger spaceships. And you, you play a variety of characters. It's a top-down game. And, and it's I guess it's part stealth, it's part shooter, it's part, you know, arcade you get onto these spaceships, then you have a mission to accomplish, like steal something, assassinate someone, kidnap someone, rescue something, crash the spaceship into another space station. And it's it's really cute and it's really fun and it's deceptively simple at first. And you're, you're running around shooting and hiding and whatnot. And you think you have this thing totally dialed. Then you'll, you'll fire an errant shot that'll hit a window. The window will blow out. You get sucked into space. That's that. Things go really bad really fast. But if you do get sucked out into space or a guard discovers you or something, you can remotely pilot your shuttle. So as you're running out of oxygen, you can fly this little ship to to try to rescue yourself. And in later levels, that's actually – it could be a tactic where you think, okay, I've I've got these guys in this room with armor that my gun can't pierce, but there's a window – and if I shoot, we'll all get sucked out the window, but I can get back in my spaceship and then come back. So there, there's a lot of different ways, many ways to skin this space cat. Heat <laughs> signature. You should you should check it out. It's it's fun. Okay, I'll keep an eye peel for that one. What about you, Steve? What are what are you dig, digging well, on? Uh, I, we were just talking about a, a movie that was directed, co-directed by a former Bone Bat Film Festival director, uh, Dennis Widmeyer. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about Pet Cemetery? Indeed, because uh, I watched this film. I really enjoyed the film. I found it scary. I I didn't mind that it that it it you know moved away from the book and expanded on some of the ideas at all. And you said that anyone that likes this film is, and I quote, "worse than Hitler." <laughs> I did not say that. As a matter of fact, it's funny because I enjoyed the film. Okay, I thought it was it was a good film. I, I, I didn't love it, and I thought the ending, the ending of the book is so great that, you know, if you make any changes to it, you've got to really bring it, and I didn't feel like they did. It, the ending that they went with, for me, wasn't as satisfying, but that didn't, you know, ruin the film. I thought that the acting in the film was great, but man, the, like, hardcore horror guys fucking hate this movie, and I don't completely understand why i thought it was well shot it was eerie it was it was sound design was top notch yeah definitely scary but you know i was wondering how much of the the scariness i was bringing into the theater with me 
like Luke when he goes into the stump. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I read Pet Cemetery. I'm already fucking terrified of that book. And so what what am I bringing into the theater with me? And what is there on the screen? I don't know if I can separate that, but I thought it was a really good movie. I was glad I went. Uh, Julie hated the ending. I just wow. thought the ending wasn't as good as it could have been. But you, you thought, thought it was pretty good. I thought the ending was really great because they took it in this other direction. And it was sort of the, to me, sort of the logical conclusion of that. Uh, if you're going to end on a on an unhappy note, yeah. And they, they ended it right where they should have. Mm. Any more would have sucked, but they ended it just at the perfect spot. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Any more and things would have gotten stupid fast. But they're leaving it right on a very tense, terrifying note. But that's about as far as you can go until... Yeah, well, what else do you want? I, right. the, thing that, the other thing that struck me about this movie wasn't so much about this movie, but maybe it was about you, Steve. Because about me, I'm not in yeah, the movie. You, <laughs> but you were in my head. Because a week earlier, I went and saw horror movies all day with like 300 people. I go to Pet Cemetery. I can't find anyone to see it with me. <laughs> I, w- I walk into the theater, and I am literally the only person in the theater at all. Oh, geez. It was empty save me. <laughs> I'm like, huh. I guess I need Steve around. Yeah, yeah, you do need me. Well, you know, not speaking of films that are getting shit on critically, I went and saw Hellboy on Saturday. Yeah? Was it worth the, the shitting uponing? You know what? I don't know. I'm kind of in the bag. I literally own, either in graphic novel form or comic book form, every single issue of Hellboy and BPRD. I am a fan of Mike Mignola's work. So I, that's already baked in, right? And I like right. the previous movies. I like going to the movies and sitting there and eating a big bowl of popcorn. So, you know, there, there's a, there's already you're getting a lot of goodwill for me when I sit down for a Hellboy movie. And I thought it was fun. Now, it definitely has a different vibe, whereas the Del Toro movies were sort of PG-13, a Grimm's fairy tale come to life type of a thing. This was a lot more action-packed horror from Neil Marshall, who is the director of Dog Soldiers, which we watched while we were stuffing swag bags. Oh, I was wrapping mugs, yeah. And The Descent. So this guy's like, he's got a serious horror pedigree. He knows what he's doing. I don't know. The Descent sucked. What? (laughs) Really? We've been over this in a podcast the before. Descent's yeah. fucking great. It's a, the Descent's it's a boring. Mo- no, it's a tense movie. You're just you're empirically wrong on this one. Don't get Julie started. It's one of her favorites. She'll kill you. I, Julie's not on this podcast, or I wouldn't say such a thing. <laughs> ah, okay. Anyway, uh, so it's totally different. And if you're expecting the first type of a treatment of Hellboy, I get why it would buck your expectations. Uh, the acting in it is, you know, the the guy from uh, Stranger Things. He he was great as Hellboy. He was fine. Uh, Swearingen from Deadwood's in it as uh, Professor Broom. He was good. Mila Jovovich is awesome as always. She's always fun, even in Resident Evil movies or all the way back to fucking Dazed and Confused. I had a crush on her. She's great. Uh, I didn't know she did anything but Resident Evil movies. Fifth Element. She was in Fifth Element. Remember? Oh, that's right. That's right. She was. No, she's wonderful. So I, yes, you know, I like her a lot. Yeah, I like her a lot. I, I can. I have see that outfit. Her in a thing. The, the, the yeah, you can see her in a thing. 
a thing made out of white bandages. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, I, I can see why people would be put off by the film. A couple of things I didn't like about it, it did devolve into CGI bullshit in a couple of scenes where just fucking weird stuff flying around and your eye can't really focus on anything. Yeah, but not to, like, stupid Aquaman level. And there were a couple of classic rock songs that they stuck into the soundtrack, which were so out of place, it made you go, really? That song? Why would you pick that? I mean, it took me out of the movie, because I was like, that, I, I wouldn't have put that song there. You know, somebody should have asked me. So anyway. so this is, this is your red hot ingot, apparently. Yeah. So oh, they, I mean, they picked the wrong like rock ballad for you, Jesus. It wasn't a rock ballad, but, but like at the end, so you know, it's just kind of the kicker. Uh, they the movie's over essentially, and they're getting into a new adventure or whatever. And they play "Kickstart My Heart" by Motley Crue, and he's just like, "Why the fuck would you?" That's not even a good song by them. I don't know. I wouldn't. <laughs> that's not how I would close my movie. But whatever. Anyway, it was pretty good. If you like Hellboy, go see it. If not, oh, and it's super fucking gory, by the way. Not for nothing. But if you're squeamish, you may want to avoid this movie because it's it's got some moments that make me cringe. So, you know, your mileage may vary. I don't know. Yeah, well, if you're squeamish, you probably want to avoid this podcast too. So <laughs> That's true. So uh, that was Hellboy. Oh, have you seen Await Further Instructions? I have seen Await Further Instructions. What did you think? I thought it was like a long Black Mirror episode, and it was pretty good for what it was, for like a sort of a very contained, claustrophobic little tale. Yeah. I mean, it got kind of dumb at a few moments, but overall, I was I was wrapped in attention the whole time. You know, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was all right. I, I didn't dislike it, but I didn't like it enough to bring it up on this show after I watched it. I thought it. I thought the ending was great, though. I was oh, really, really okay. happy you with like, the way it ended. It, it sort of stuck with it, right? With the premise. Yeah. It went the whole way, like you'd need to to really make it pay off. So I was really worried that in the end it was just going to be like, oh, it's just Bob, and he did a contraption to my house. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And yeah. So so props for that. But yeah, it was all right. I I don't know that I'd recommend it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. If you if you listeners out there like the stiff that Steve likes, then you should watch the movie. No, I'd say if you're all out of Black Mirror and you it's really want to watch same, something no. else, it is. It's as good no. as the mediocre episodes of Black Mirror. No. Yeah. You're empirically wrong. Really? You like mm-hmm. all episodes of Black Mirror equally? I liked all episodes of Black Mirror better than I like this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that this is is measurably worse than the worst episode of Black Mirror. Like the one where they go to the village and there's the, they're trying to kill each other. That was a stupid episode. This is better than that. This I mean, is, that was better than this. You know what I'm trying to say? Black Mirror, good. This, not good. <laughs> okay, buddy. Uh, the other thing, which I don't think you're watching, but uh, Shudder is currently hosting the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs every Friday night. He does a double feature of films, and he pops in in between where the commercial breaks would be because there's no commercials because it's online, and he just talks about the movies, and it is super fucking fun. I've watched, like, all four weeks now, and it is a great thing to do on a Friday night. Uh, last week was just a couple of crazy movies. 1981's Madman, which I had never seen before. 
the uh, story of Madman Mars, who's a slasher. Yeah, Have it. you seen that one? Nope. And then uh, following that was Wolf Guy, enraged like Canthrope from Japan, which was just fucking insane. So <laughs> he's he's picking out some really weird movies. There were a couple early, like he showed Chud, I think, the first week, and you could really tell he didn't want to. He didn't like that movie. He was doing a favor for the producers or something. But uh, last Maybe he'd week, just seen us, and you know he saw how that was referenced in it. Yeah, the the night before the film festival, uh, when we got back from dinner, I watched uh, half of the Changeling with George C. Scott, which takes place in Seattle. So that was kind of fun. So I caught the tail end of that, and uh, you know he pops in a few minutes to talk about you know where it was filmed and the actors, and the guy's just got such a great wealth of knowledge about filmmaking, and so to hear him ramble. They're not cutting him off. It's whatever Joe Bob wants to say. And so he's given the, the time to really uh, sort of explain things, which is pretty fun. Right on. So Steve says yeah. check it out. Two All right, Steve. Up. Yeah, I don't have Shutter. You can get it. It's literally... Yeah, but then you have to pay for it, right? Yeah, but it's like three bucks a month. It's cheaper than Hulu. I don't have Hulu. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I'd go for Shudder over a lot of other things. Yeah, I would too, but I already have too many things. That's always been your problem. Yep. I'm glad you're finally watching uh, Love, Death, and Robots, so. Yeah. I, I've only watched like three of them, so I have a long way to go. There's like 18 episodes. What the shit? They're only 15 minutes long. Jesus. Yeah, I, I don't have all day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's listen to a tune, and then uh, an interview with Zoran Voyage. Fucking ah. <laughs> Zorin Gavoyage. All right, once again, I am back with another of our award winners for 2019. Joining me now on the show, uh, one of our favorite directors who uh, we actually awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award to this year, Zoran Gavoyich. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you doing? I am doing very well, and thank you so much for joining us on the show and for all the awesome horror comedy you've given us over the years. I think Gordon and I were counting them up and uh, Social Media Asicus 2, on and on, was our 11th low-carb comedy film that we've shown on, in the uh, festival, which is oh amazing my, to me. Oh, my God. I have been showing a lot of things there. And what what's more, we've never actually spoken on the show about it, I don't think. So uh, this, this is kind of uh, my opportunity to nerd out a little bit about the stuff that you do. Oh, okay. Well, feel free to nerd <laughs> away, man. So, so how did low-carb comedy get started? I mean, you were kind of fully fleshed and already had a ton of videos before we found you. Oh, yeah. Um, well, we started actually back... Our first website wasn't low-carb comedy. It was actually called PleaseDearGodGiveUsAJob.com. <laughs> uh, and that was from after I graduated from the Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia. I am a skaduate. Uh, I knew that I was not going to get any uh, job in the creative industry, so I just decided I'm going to create, you know, at least a video a month for myself and put it up online. Mm -hmm. uh, and this was before YouTube. 
and this was just me putting up QuickTime videos and things, and that uh, was with uh, my buddy Mr. Mark Cusper, who you know from many low-carb videos. He would basically show up at my uh, house with a full, like, tombstone pizza that he cooked in one hand, just eating it at my front door, going, all right, what are we filming today? (laughs) That's why Cusper is in, like, everything. He showed up, and we just figured out what what we were going to film and a lot of stuff was kind of improvised and loose and now things have gotten uh, a lot more production value heavy and uh take longer to make well he was the star of the first uh, short that we showed in 2014 the fourth rule of gremlins which just i watched it again this afternoon and it still holds up it's freaking hilarious and lee russell does just a wonderful job as uh, the the wise old man. Oh man, I love it. Can can you just leave the comment card with Denise on your way yes. out? <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah, Lee is Lee is incredible. He is an amazing amazing improviser. Um, and you've just if you just let him go, he'll just go. He won't he won't stop. He'll just keep keep talking until you say cut. And then, uh, yeah. So that's why he's uh, appeared in so many as well. He's he's so great. Um, and yeah, the fourth rule of Gremlin, that was one that I, I thought about that for a while. And then I'm like, okay, let's try it. And I bought a gizmo doll and I cut out its mouth and I made a different <laughs> mouth. And when we were filming that scene, and this is for people that haven't seen it, well, I'll tell you that gizmo fillets a banana in it. And uh, we were filming it and we're like, this is amazing, but also we all feel really bad right now. <laughs> so bad. We all looked at each other like, oh, should we be doing this? Oh, we're puppeteering Gizmo to, oh, this is so wrong. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn out so good. And it did. Uh, and again, Lee, Lee improvised that very last line, which I love so much to this day, is just the final line of the thing is, you know, we had him say, you know, no one cannot fuck it. And then he just laughs and laughs and laughs and then goes, oh, God damn. <laughs> God damn, just improvising perfect. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's wonderful. So then yeah. in 2015, uh, we played two of your shorts, uh, Saw Burger, which I've always loved. It's such a short, sharp shock. It's just perfect. And it, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have a thing in it that doesn't need to be there. And then the first of the uh, Monsters of Science that we discovered uh, – Galley Lycan. Oh, Galley Lycan. Yes, that's still one of my favorites to this day. Um, oh, Sawburger. I don't know. One thing that probably doesn't need to be in there is the From Dust Till Dawn obscure reference at the very the end. end. Oh, I love that because it's such a non sequitur. It's so great. It's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, the whole <laughs> thing was built on an ancient uh, Indian burial ground or whatever, an Aztec uh, burial ground. Well, it, you know, it's got the toy car, and it's just, it's one of those, uh, like, hallmarks of independent film of anything that you've got available to tell a story you know what i yep. mean i love that sort of filmmaking as oh, you yeah. well you've seen a couple of our fests so you know we'll put anything in if it's great mm-hmm. and I, I love that aspect of it oh yeah i forgot that you actually showed saw burger uh, at a point but that was yeah the saw videos those were my very my very first big viral hit was saw four you ain't saw nothing yet which i made <laughs> a year before software actually came out because I saw these movies were coming out every single year. Well, you were releasing so, them on Halloween, right? Uh, whenever, because that's when the movies oh, were coming the movies out. Came, okay. Anytime a new right. Saw movie came out, I released a new parody. So I just came up with a different one. And then the last year, I did like five different Saw parodies <laughs> uh, for that one. But 
yeah, I love playing Jigsaw, and uh, I retired him after that point, and only bring him out very, very special occasions, like uh, for this year's Bone Bat Show. Yes, and, and thank you so much for uh, agreeing to do the intro to our fest. We've never had a, a film that was specifically for us before. And mm-hmm. it, it seemed wholly appropriate to have you do it if you would be interested. And then because we showed Social Mediasicist, like two blocks later, and during the dance scene, Jigsaw turns around to the camera. And so there, it's like a callback to two hours earlier yeah. in the fest, which I thought was just wonderful. Oh, it's all it's all a, it's all a mishmash of low carb callbacks throughout the whole fest. <laughs> right. Yeah, no one's like, what? Ooh, what? Yeah, the people in front of me were like, wait, you were Jigsaw? Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so good. And uh, Social Media Asicus 2 was a blast, man, to have the opportunity to premiere it in Seattle. That was too much fun. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's the first time that it has been been seen by the public. Uh, so I was very happy to show show it there in its almost finished form. Still some things that will be working out. But. So did it play pretty much how you expected to the audience? Did it did it do all the things it needed to do as the director? I believe so. I mean, there yes. were I was there was laughs. I was just watching everyone's reaction from the back as I as I tend to do and it seemed seemed to go over pretty well as does the first one. So, I think it's a yeah. I think it's a pretty worthy successor. I'm very very proud of it. We had an amazing team. Uh, you yourself were a Kickstarter backer, so thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, yeah, no, we were able to raise a, a good chunk of money and kind of create the thing that, that I wanted to create. And I am now currently even uh, adding more and more Easter egg references into it as we speak. <laughs> I have After Effects open right over here. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to seeing the final cut. Oh, there's going to be so many. I think there's going to be like 130 different references in there. It's going to be yeah. great. Kind of rounding things out, uh, we've also screened uh, from your Monsters of Science series, The Creature, which always kills me, uh, Count Calcula, and Phantom Physicist of the Opera, which sort of brought that whole series to a close, right? That's right. That was actually, that's. I think that'll be a year uh, on May 8th. May 8th, I think, is the year since we concluded the Monsters of Science series, and those were a lot of fun. We did those for a uh, festival called the uh, Massacre mm-hmm. in Chicago, which is a 24-hour horror movie festival. And they wanted a one-minute 50-style uh, trailer, so we did uh, Attack of the Cosmic Frank Einstein from Haunted Space and the Moon. <laughs> that was the very first one we did. And from that, we, we did one every year, and we won uh, pretty much every year, I think, until Count Calcula. We won the competition. So were you a science nerd in school, or what What sort of fed into you guys deciding to create the series? Oh, gosh. Oh, i got to remember. So I wrote that with Dave Schneider, who was my partner in crime for so many low-carb videos, and he he appears in all of the Monsters of Science. He's the one that's pretty much always slapping Charlie. Oh, okay. It. He's okay. the, yeah. Um, but, man, why did we, I don't remember why we did that. We were just trying to think of a 50s-style thing, and... Just mashing up Frank and Einstein worked out well. And then each time we filmed one, while we were filming, we would pitch ideas for the next one. And so he was pitching Schrodinger, which I didn't know anything about Schrodinger's cat at all. And so he did Schrodinger's mummy. It's perfect. You can't open it because it may be dead. It may be alive. You don't know. (laughs) So, so good. And yeah, all of them just kind of, kind of fell, you know, just came into place and, I really, really loved that series, and uh, 
hope in some way to return to it in, in some way, but seven seven of those is a good good one, especially because the Phantom Physicist is all, uh, it's Stephen Hawking. Right. And as I was completing my edit to that, he passed away the day that I finished my edit. Oh, wow. I didn't realize was, the timing. It was, yeah, it was exactly that timing, and to the point where I'm like, can we can we release this now? Is this in bad taste? Is this it, is this a thing that can be done? But looking at it, I I do think that you know Stephen had a sense of humor. He Absolutely. was in the yeah. in Futurama and things like that. And we don't you know make fun of him. We actually show him doing things that you know normal people can't do and things like that. It's a right. it's a very heroic role, and everyone in it respects him as this you know hero. Kind of character, and he he always embraced it like he was a friend of uh, MC Hawking, like mm-hmm. the the nerdcore rap guy who does that whole shtick, and uh, he also yeah. enjoyed uh, you know if you've seen the interview with him and John Oliver, it's freaking hilarious. Oh, that's so good. It's, yes, yeah, it's it wonderful. Mm-hmm. So the the other uh, film that I haven't mentioned that we screened uh, was also you had mentioned the music was also the same musician who does on and on in that Sausage Fingers. Yep, Mr. Morgan Foster. Oh, man. I met Morgan Foster when I had a sketch group called Long Pork, and he was working the booth for our show, and then just became good friends with him. He's awesome. We're fans of Mystery Science Theater and Riff Tracks together, so we mm-hmm. watched those together. And we did Social Media Asochist because uh, we wanted to do something for his, uh, his band Common Shiner at the time. Mm-hmm. And we realized for social media asochist that we wanted to do a, a high school thing, but all of us were in our thirties, so we couldn't play high school kids. I mean, technically we could because that's what happens in Hollywood a lot of times. But we said, "Oh, what if we covered our faces with masks and did a slasher high school?" And I'd actually just bought a very expensive Freddy Krueger mask for a different video, and so I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I want to use that again." <laughs> So we did that, and then, yeah, whenever I have a song idea, I go to uh, Morgan Foster and uh, Jordan Good. Jordan Good is another one of my friends who is so talented as a musician. I cannot, oh man, for any time, I also have a series called Big Head Parodies. Where yes. I, I was just yeah. going to talk about those next. Oh, well, just with that, Jordan does all of that metal cover songs in every single one of those. Any song that's at the end, I just okay, go, nice. What do you, what do you, I need a metal cover of the Avengers theme song or the metal cover of a uh, Die Hard. Give me, give me those. And he just whips it out and he's like, here you go. So he's super talented. So he, uh, he, uh, yeah, it was him and Morgan that did uh, Sausage Fingers and um, turned out amazing. I can't believe they, they did a full song. Like it's a full song. I just needed a little clip that I wanted something like, um, oh, what's the song? Uh, Dream Warriors. Yeah, of course. Of course. By Dawkins. Which yeah, rhymes with team. rockin', as the label says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, Sausage Fingers is, yeah, it's such a weird, weird video. And it's based off a request from my friend, Joanna Davidovich. Because we used to, in the old days of Low Carb, we did fan requests. Mm-hmm. Where people would sign the guest book, say, I want to see this. And then we would just improvise a video. That's how most of the early videos were made. We would just go, what do they want? All right, let's try and kind of write something on the spot and just go and film it and sausage fingers was the last fan request we did and it was shot over the course of three years oh really and, wow well we shot most of it all the stuff with me as freddie and the two teens we shot 
And that was the hardest, one of the harder shoots I've ever had to do because the fog machine we had kept setting off the fire alarm. My mom it was my mom's house. She has eight dogs that kept barking, <laughs> and I was in the Freddy mask for probably about like six hours, and I was just sweat was just dripping out of that thing. I couldn't get my lines right, and then we finally got it, and then the camera card got corrupted, and we had to do it all over again. Oh no! Oh, it was it was a, it was a nightmare shoot. Pun intended, if that's a pun. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but then we couldn't find a deli because the delis that we had lined up all fell through. And so it took years and years. And finally I said, you know what? Let's finish Sausage Fingers. That's just been sitting there. And so I think it's like a three-year difference maybe mm-hmm. between when we filmed that first part and we filmed the part with Lee, who plays our kind of slasher character, Unhealthy Doug, mm-hmm. uh, who also appears in Social Media Asicist. But the character of Unhealthy Doug first appeared in Jason Voorhees' personal trainer. And I love him so much. He's basically, I say he's a slasher. He has the ability to come back to life like slashers, but he never gets around to killing anyone. He just keeps he's too dying. busy eating. Yeah. yeah, he's always eating and he just dies. And then he's, he's back again in the next thing. So anytime I do a slasher thing, I'm going to have unhealthy Doug. And so if you haven't seen it and, and you're excited, social media ask us too. I definitely brought unhealthy Doug back yeah. uh, with a little nod to Sausage Fingers uh, in that as well. Yeah, I love the uh, the Twizzlers heart attack. Oh. Uh, social media ask is what it's great. The timing on that is hilarious. It's so good. And that's one of the number one comments on social media ask is one is when he's in the classroom teaching stalking one hundred and one. He turns around with a big bag of Cheetos. And everyone's like, "Who is this?" Slash Twizzlers loaded throughout that whole thing, and everyone's like, "Who is the guy eating Cheetos?" Oh, that's great. And I have have somewhere, and I'll have to release at some point, just footage of Lee just talking through that. Like, we just had him keep going, and we're just filming it, and we use just the tiniest bit. But he's like, oh, we're stalking. It's all about you got to look at something, and you look at something, and you look at something, and you look at it, and you start to think, and it's yours. And you want to own it. You want to keep it. That's stalking. <laughs> he has this whole thing about stalking. It's great. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the uh, next uh, series that I uh, wanted to just briefly mention is the Big Head Parodies. I think the first one I saw was Jurassic Park. and it, Oh, it, yeah. It's freaking, it's just hilarious because it covers all the stuff that we, you know, question as we're watching it. And then uh, Re- Revenge of the Sith, that one's a blast. I, I still remember my son quoting willy-nilly to you at breakfast a couple of years ago <laughs> after the fest. It was the best. Because we had just watched that. It was so funny. It's such a, well, I've got the high ground, so there's that. <laughs> well, it's ground. It's higher. Uh, yeah, that was big heads. And then big Die heads. Hard, man. Die Hard. Oh, it's so good. I got to show, every time I watch actual Die Hard, I have to watch that now. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, those, yeah, hopefully I'm going to get back to those in some capacity, I do I do miss them in a way. I just don't miss doing all the graphics work because it's like 70-plus hours of post-production graphics work that I do all by myself where I just sit in my apartment and just lock everyone out. Um, <laughs> so that's why I kind of needed to take a break from that and then take on kind of Social Media Askers 2 this year as a big a big one. But, yeah, those, those started as a... Uh, back when I was working at Maker Studios and we were working on a, a Star Wars show for them. And it was a Star Wars show that no one wanted to be made. 
So Lucasfilm kept coming back to us with things like, well, just don't don't use any uh, Star Wars footage in your show. I'm like, oh, okay, we can't use any Star Wars footage. Don't use any Star Wars music. Oh, okay. Don't use any Star Wars characters. Like, do you want us to even mention Star Wars in our Star Wars show that we're supposed to do? So Ted and I went, Can you oh, not? Oh. <laughs> was that a note? Yeah, yeah. If you could just have no Star Wars in it in your Star Wars show, that'd be great. It was, it was ridiculous. But we did make uh, 50 episodes of a show that uh, no one watched. So that was fun. Um, wow. But we then, Ted and I, just wanted to do our own thing and feel creative. And uh, I realized that it's hard to film in L.A. It mm. gets very expensive very quickly, getting locations and things like that, as I learned on this last one. But with Big Heads, I could just film it in my apartment, uh, just on a green screen, wearing green turtlenecks, and just put everyone's head digitally into these movies and kind of com- comment on them. And the thing that I love about uh, the parodies is that I feel it just connects. Like, when I'm watching a movie, like, when we were watching Jurassic Park, and I look at this, and I go, why doesn't Tim just grab the gun? Right. He just, gun is right there. Or <laughs> he's, like, reaching for it, all Ellie, stupid, Ellie with the foot. <laughs> It would take her a split second to just move over and grab the thing, but she can't. And she's on the part of the door that doesn't provide any leverage whatsoever. <laughs> so it doesn't do anything. And it's just, I think of how stupid that is. I love Jurassic Park, but there's moments in every movie that just logically don't make sense. And I feel that by doing that, by doing that parody, then I can connect to someone somewhere else in the world being like, yes, I thought that exact same yep. thing. Yep. So mm-hmm. stupid. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a nice <laughs> way to connect with people around the world. And I love parody. I've loved parody since Naked Gun and Airplane and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I feel parody is kind of, uh, at least in cinema and things, it's all fallen to the wayside and become too much about reference rather yeah. than parody. It's very, it's just like, Hey, here's the thing. Remember that thing? Great. Moving on. <laughs> but yeah, I love parody and I'm going to, I'm going to bring it back. Bring it back. Well, I'm glad somebody is. I'm glad to have you on that wall, man. Hey, I'll do what I can, man. <laughs> it's good stuff. So once you finally finish uh, Social Media Asicus 2, what's next for you, Zoran? Oh my goodness. You can't ask me that. Can I? Can't I just enjoy this accomplishment <laughs> for the past eight months? Well, you, you can say what's next for me. I'm going to sit on my couch and I'm going to work my way through this box set. <laughs> Uh, I, I have a numerous amount of projects in the back of my head. I'll have to see what I focus on next. One, I do have to, I did, I've been sitting on for probably about a year, uh, Big Head Big with Tom Hanks. That one we did film. I just have to finish the graphics for it. Oh, nice. So, yeah, that one's a lot of fun because it's about, uh, the girlfriend realizing that she had sex with a 15 year old boy, (laughs) even though it was in a 30 year old's body. Once she sees him turn into a 15-year-old in front of her eyes, she's going to go a little crazy. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to finish that. Got some other big head ideas that we've never filmed. There's scripts that we've never filmed. Maybe we'll do some of those. Or there's uh, some animated projects that I want to work on, too, because I want to get more into uh, animation and voiceover and things of that nature, which I absolutely love, traditional animation and I yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going into that that realm of things. Does that work? Is that things for me to do? <laughs> I'll have something for you for next year's bone bat. Don't well, worry. Okay. I I I will always make sure that I have something for you. I look forward to it, sir. 
And thank okay. you again, man. Seriously, as sincere as I could possibly be for all you've done. You have made this a fun part of this film festival now for like six straight years, and it's so cool. And uh, I, I really appreciate everything you've done. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. And I can't believe that I've I've already got a lifetime achievement award. I guess I'm done. It's time to retire. Woo-hoo. Off to Costa Rica, Site B. You know, all we show at the Bumbat Film Festival is sequels, so maybe there's Lifetime Achievement Award too in your oh, future. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna win any of the other awards. I'll tell you that much, because you guys pick some amazing, amazing shorts. So kudos to you, and again, your curation of these films is always on point, and I, there's something to enjoy in pretty much every. Uh, film that you guys show and whenever I, I go there I'm like well that's gonna win I'm not I'm not competing with that at all well thank you and thank you for you know making the trek up to Seattle I, I appreciate that Absolutely. as well of course all right man well last question we always ask all of our guests here on the bone bat show Zoran mm-hmm. what pisses you off man uh what pisses me off uh you can tell from my voice that I'm a very angry man um but Oh, here's something. Something odd that pisses me off like nobody else. Um, well, I mean, one one thing that pisses me off, you know, racism. That's that's one thing. But the second thing is having iPod earbuds yanked out of my ears. <laughs> so, like, I'll lean over and they'll get caught on a bag and I'll pull up and they get pulled out of my ears. That gets me on the same level as if someone was being a racist or something like that. I just full... <laughs> of so much rage when that happens and it's just the weirdest trigger that I just like that's what I would turn into the Hulk yeah like if no, I, and it always doesn't always seem like it's it, it's much harder than it should be like just, they never just pop out they're like ripped out they are yeah it's forced it's just yanked out of your ears and it's no one did it, so there's nowhere to like focus your anger. It was just like it got caught on something. Yeah, like you got, it's your own uh, elbow or something. I mean, oh, I'm so mad right now. So there you go. That's what pisses me off. I, hope oh. that works for you. I have another weird one, kind of like yeah. that. And you probably you might be able to relate to this one when you're talking like in front of a computer, like I am right now, into a mic on a mic stand, and the mic stand flips over onto the floor. What? This happens every once in a while. And I used to put like my drink on the mic stand, and like every six months, it would flip off onto the floor. The beer goes flying. It's an absolute mess. Oh God, I hate that, and it would send me into that same rage as like you're talking about. Do you, Do you think you need a new mic stand? Maybe. I don't know. It's got like this counterweight on the bottom, but for some reason, it's just never quite. I don't know. I do you think that? Do you think it's become sentient and it? It might it, be. It might it's be. Uh, resentful. It's, or it's, it's cursed. <laughs> Could be cursed. Could be a cursed mic stand. That's very Could true. Be, yeah. I, I don't know where it was made. It could have uh, been made in the same factory as the Mangler, for all I know. So. <laughs> Thank God we got to the Mangler. <laughs> Mangler 2, starring Lance Hendrickson, with the greatest line... Where he says, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. He quotes <laughs> the Spice Girls in Manger 2. That's there great. you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, thank you again for everything. And uh, hope you. to see you again next year. Oh, you will. You can't get rid of me like that. <laughs> I will be back.
bedroom floor And I'm stuck reading about my fate Through every photo post and status update While you wait for of lowcarbcomedy.com and you were listening to the bone bat show unless your ears have been cut off then you are not listening to anything and i'm sorry but my sorries fall on deaf ears on the floor all right once again that was our uh, conversation with zoran gavoyich about uh social media guest one and two the first of which we just played for you courtesy of morgan foster and common shiner and his lifetime achievement award thanks for joining us on the show zoran and thank you for all the great films that you've shared with us over the years i think you should have that award bronzed you should yeah. All right. Uh, thank yous. I'd like to, of course, thank all of our attendees for the 2019 Comedy of Horrors Film Festival, who made it such a great time. Thanks to the Kickstarter backers for all the support. Uh, I did mail out all the awards this week. So everybody who is owed anything from the film festival should have it either in their hands or on their way. If you don't have something, reach out to me at steve at bonehand.com and I'll try to make it right. Also, thank you to all the filmmakers who attended. Uh, again, Zoran, who came all the way up from L.A., Ryan Bright and his crew from Vancouver, Ty Huffer for Selfie Junkie, Jason Frost of Huego Terminado from The Accused AD, Peeled Grapes director Daniel Hickey, Fix This Up with Handyman Mike's director Brian Carlin and producer Andrea Hayes from Cascadia Dread, and uh, the directors of Night of the Living Trees from Red 5 Productions, Stephen Chappell and Brian Glinsky. Also, uh, you want to help me thank our sponsors? Sure, let's do it, man. All right. Thank you to Fantagraphics Books. Dolcetta Artisan Suites. Scarecrow Video. Flame Tree Press. Paizo Publishing. GT Printing Equipment. Level Up Seattle. True Cult Coffee. You didn't say it right. True Cult. Flying Saucer Pizza. Mac and Jack's Brewery, longtime sponsors. Absolutely. Vortex Video and Music. Dark Horse Comics. Zippy's Giant Burgers. Around the Table Gaming Pub. Hourglass Escapes and... Jerry Cooch! Our usual bullshit, you can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. New content on bonehand.com every once in a while. It's also the home of Heavy Half Hour. And you can find my stuff at mightywombat.com. And you may not follow me on Twitter because I don't do shit over there, but we do have a Facebook group. And I have a Facebook thingy for Mighty Wombat as well. You can follow Bonehand on Twitter. We also have a Bonebat Twitter feed for Film Festival news. 
and a Facebook group as well. Thank you for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. We have one last song for you from Holland's and Holland's Mortuary Entertainment live at the 2019 Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. This is the live version of the tune they premiered last episode. I'm taking the bus to the graveyard. I hope you dig it. Once again, this is Steve. And this is Gordon. Have a good one. I do have a good one. Well, you know what? That's perfect. I can enact, enact my plan for my funeral. I want a closed casket funeral. Why is that? Because I want the band to play Pop Goes the Weasel the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That, that was bad. It'd be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> These guys? Like, oh, you know they can't be buried in the same cemetery as us? Dead joke alert. Uh, no, why is that? Unlike us, they are not dead yet. Oh, oh God almighty. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> uh, play me out here, Slade. I'm taking the bus to the graveyard This isn't how I thought I'd go This bus is fairly cloudy And I wish I had a purse Soon I'll find a quiet one Not unless I find it first I'm taking the bus to the Point well taken. <laughs> You're dumb and I'm mean. Got it. <laughs> that sounds like a Pinebox Boy song. It does. <laughs>